Welcome to Hire It Advisor, the Baker Tilly podcast dedicated to providing insightful guidance and leading practices for college, university, and research institution leaders and board members, experts and thought leaders in higher education finance, institutional operations, collegiate athletics and esports, health and wellness, data analytics, and more. Join our podcast host, higher education practice leader Dave Capitano for bi-weekly episodes to discuss the latest news in higher education and the impact these trends and changes have on the industry. This is where you come to learn what's really going on behind the scenes at colleges and universities across the country. Welcome to the latest in our series of podcasts on significant issues facing higher education. Our Higher Ed Advisor podcast looks at the challenges institutions face from mission to academics to institutional support to operations and budgets, including strategy around implementation and solutions to address those challenges. Today, I'm here with my colleague, Caitlin Andrews, as well as our guest speaker, Adam Barnes, Associate Athletic Director and Chief Financial Officer for Business Operations at the University of Wisconsin. Our discussion focused on emerging topics in intercollegiate athletics, including donor engagement, enhancing the student and fan experience, facility investment, recruiting, and leveraging data analytics and technology. Welcome, Adam. Please tell their listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure, yeah, so in my role here, I serve as the CFO for the athletic department uh, here at the University of Wisconsin. And I, you're right, I have only been here for, for two years or so, just over two years. Uh, so I had about seven months in the office uh, to meet people, to learn uh, everything I could about our department. And then, uh, you know, March of 2020, everything changed and, and we started working from home. So it was interesting when we came back to the office, I had to relearn all the shortcuts around the stadium and everything like that. I had just learned kind of how to get around here and, and then we were home for 16, 18 months or so. So, but it, uh, it's been a great transition into athletics. I am a CPA by trade. I started in public accounting and worked in public accounting for four years or so, four or five years, and then moved into onto the private side. I was on campus here in Madison, though with a separate uh, legal entity that is affiliated with our School of Business and doing the non-degree continuing education work, short courses in leadership and project management and things like that. Uh, we also uh, owned and operated a conference center as well. So the kind of a, a cross between hospitality and professional services. And I think that that background where I was for almost 10 years was really interesting and has been meaningful yeah. as I've transitioned into this space, uh, where a lot of the things that I'm focused on kind of have a lot of crossover with that. I did also have a short stint with a startup, so that was a really good experience as well. But I've really enjoyed my time uh, here in athletics and continue to learn, and, and uh, it's been great. So, Adam, I, I have to believe that that background gave you a lot of skills that were attractive when you applied for this role and this responsibility. And I also like to understand how you use those skills, maybe to align yourself with the strategy of the athletic department and the university overall. And some of the concepts that maybe you came into the role saying, hey, here's where I think we need to take this. Here's how I think that we could really be successful. 
because two things that you pointed out to me in a previous conversation were, you know, looking at your, I'll call your clients, your internal and external clients. And I have to believe that that, you know, that vision you had was really part of what made you very attractive in this role. So am I on point? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think that that customer service focus is really something that, that was a big part of my previous roles and is something that I've very much brought that perspective uh, into this role. And the way that I kind of view what we do, we have multiple customers. Uh, and I like to think about a lot of what we do through that lens of kind of who is who is our customer here. And when we talk about various things and strategic initiatives, I'd like to kind of start with who is our customer? Who are, we, who are we focused on when we're having this conversation? Because sometimes we're focused on on our fans, on our donors, and sometimes we're focused on our, our current student athletes or prospective student athletes. And there are many things that overlap, but they are they're different audiences that uh, require a slightly different perspectives and, and approaches. And I do think that that kind of customer service mindset and kind of viewing things I had the benefit of living here in Madison for 15 years before joining the athletic department. So I, I experienced everything that we do here as a fan. And so to come in, I think that I you know have been able to bring kind of a fresh perspective of how I and friends and family have kind of experienced uh, Wisconsin athletics as a fan into some of the conversation. We are very fortunate that we have a, you know, we have a, a fantastic team that puts on our events that, you know, we've had a lot of success over the years. We've been able to be in some great moments as Badgers. And, and so, but just to be able to bring a kind of a fresh perspective into the department, I think has been hopefully helpful. And, you know, as we talk about various projects, building projects, initiatives that connect to our strategy, and just kind of keeping that mindset of kind of who who is our target customer here when we're thinking about this, I think has been helpful. So Adam, I want to dive into both of those verticals with regards to customer service a little bit deeper. I want to talk a little bit about how you align your skill sets, your team skill sets with meeting those expectations, what type of tools, data you're using in those areas. But before we do that, I'd like to better understand, since you came in prior to COVID and then COVID hit, did any of that strategy change? You know, I think the the kind of the COVID pause, if you will, you know, we we knew how much support we had from our community, from our ticket holders, from our donors. And I think the whole experience really reinforced that. Uh, our development team was a first mover around the country on a campaign that we called the Badger Legacy Campaign. And it was a, a campaign that really was copied by a lot of peers around the country that gave our uh, ticket holders and donors basically a landing spot for money that they had already committed, uh, you know, unaware of kind of what the season, the 2020 seasons were going to look like. And so given the timelines of when we renew tickets and people are making their ticket related purchases and donations that are kind of associated with with seating in our home venues, we, we didn't know what that was going to look like. And so, you know, we had collected a lot of money for the, our 2020 seasons and uh, our development team did a phenomenal job uh, and our marketing team uh, working together with our business office, our ticketing team, 
the University of Wisconsin Foundation that we work very closely with, which is where all of our donations flow into. Uh, very much a, a team effort to create this campaign that provided a landing spot for some of that money. We, we made the uh, decision early on that we really wanted to, you know, while we would love to kind of uh, keep that money, we would love it if people donated that money. Uh, that's best case scenario. We would love it if they let us hold on to their money and push it forward to a following season. Uh, just from a cash flow perspective, that's very helpful to us. Or we wanted to provide that opportunity for a refund. Once we knew that we were going to be unable to fulfill kind of that promise, if you will, of the ability to come to our games, that if they wanted uh, their money back, uh, we would certainly honor that. And we were just overwhelmed with the response that we got from that campaign. Uh, it was incredibly successful in people both uh, leaving money with us uh, and donating that money. I think uh, about two thirds of all of our ticket holders either donated their money or uh, rolled it forward to a future year. And so between the donations and just the assistance with the cash flow, um, that was really something that helped uh, helped us get through, you know, this uncertainty. And, you know, even as we built the budget for this year, we, we still built in a decent amount of uncertainty. We were unsure, kind of. We do our budget fairly early, so we were completing our budget in, in February and March uh, here of 21 uh, for our July 1 fiscal year. And, you know, we still didn't know uh, exactly uh, how it would look in the fall here. And, and thankfully, we've been able to uh, have fans back in the stands. And from a financial perspective, uh, you know, it's wonderful to kind of have that revenue moving again. Our, our ticket revenue is in the ballpark of north of $35 million a year. And so uh, just was presenting that to our, our finance committee of our athletic board here in the last two weeks. And that slide looks pretty stark when, when it, you show a zero in that column for, for last year. So uh, that was one thing. Another thing that we really tried to do throughout the whole experience, it really reinforced um, you know, what we're here for. And that's, that's our student athletes and providing opportunities for our student athletes. You know, we believe in broad-based opportunity. Uh, we believe in supporting, you know, all of our 23 sports. And our, our guiding principle throughout all of COVID uh, really was how can we uh, continue to provide the best opportunity for our student-athletes to to have the, the support that they were expecting when when they chose to, to come spend four years with us. And so, you know, that really guided our spend throughout the last 18 months or so as trying to preserve those opportunities, whether that be to practice, to compete, as well as kind of the academic opportunities here. Uh, we're very grateful to uh, all of our staff. We had a lot of uh, shared sacrifice in kind of our, our cost cutting uh, in order to preserve those opportunities for the student athletes. So a combination between a lot of hard work from our entire team uh, on cost cutting and and the support from our donors and, and ticket holders, uh, I feel like we really were able to maintain that that opportunity for our student athletes. I'm a little curious to know. So obviously we had to make a strategy shift in 2020, but how has that now changed into 2021? So as you had mentioned, you know fans are allowed back in stadiums, and we're able to maybe not return to the way things were pre-COVID, but adapt to how things are now. So, you know, what has Wisconsin done in terms of strategy to move from 2020 to 2021 and hopefully beyond? 
And I think also embedded in that question is, uh, you know, we have a new athletic director as well. So Chris McIntosh took over from uh, Barry Alvarez, effective July 1st. So we have this wonderful legacy to build on that that kind of Barry has built. And uh, now we continue on uh, with with Mac. You know, Mac has been around for for many years. And so uh, many things are continuations. But I think there also is, you know, there's an additional emphasis on, on certain things. Um, and so, you know, I think that as part of that transition, and I think that our COVID experience shapes some of that. You know, I think some of the things that have been the most important things to this program historically remain some of the most important things, uh, being those opportunities for our student athletes and maintaining the support for all of the sports that we support. You know, I think that there are some things that we are probably being a little bit more uh, vocal about that are things that we've always cared about, but, um, you know, are things that, you know, we want to be more intentional about. And so um, we have just launched a Power of Us campaign, which really focuses on diversity and, and how diversity in our community, both our athletics department community, our campus community, the Madison community and, and beyond, how important that is. And so, you know, I think that's an example of uh, something that has always been important to this program, uh, but is one that the importance of it, especially over the last two years and, and some of the, the issues in our country that have, have happened in the last two years have uh, led to some even greater intentionality and, and focus on making sure that we're kind of supporting that conversation in our in the best possible way. You know, I think also, you know, there are different things just from a from a fan experience and and just kind of you know safety experience. We've we've done all the little things from you know uh, upgrades to our HVAC within our facilities to uh, touchless experiences. We upgraded our our ticket platform uh, to allow for uh, electronic tickets and mobile tickets. Uh, so we're, you know everything's moving touchless. Uh, I think that this experience over the last two years too has has accelerated uh, some of those things. So uh, certainly there's been an investment in uh, infrastructure here in the last uh, year, kind of coming out of COVID that you know will will benefit us uh, moving forward, but is kind of a, a rapid. It probably accelerated uh, some things that we would have eventually done, but it became more important in the short run. Yeah, you had mentioned being more intentional about certain things. And I'm just curious, I guess, two things, you know, one, how are we measuring success on some of those things? I think by being more intentional, we have the opportunity to quantify that a little bit better. And then I was hoping that maybe you could speak to also a little bit on student athlete mental health specifically, and, and perhaps also into the general student body. I know the fan experience of a student attending Wisconsin is obviously a big deal, but how are we catering towards both the student body and and student athletes kind of intentionally and then measuring success? Our career in leadership and um, academics teams have an initiative called Forward 360, which is basically all encompassing of the student athlete life kind of away from the sport itself. And so that focuses on the individual beyond the sport from mental health to uh, career readiness to, you know, all the, the programming that kind of is around those opportunities. 
And so that investment that we make in our student athletes experience is central to kind of how Wisconsin as an athletic department views, you know, how we support our student athletes and kind of uh, it's part of the value proposition of, of choosing to come here is um, we, our, our career and leadership team has helped with our student athletes. We achieved a hundred percent success in career outcomes in the last year based on how, uh, which could be either, uh, that's based on the student athletes goals. So that might be post-secondary education, that might be jobs uh, in the workforce, or that might be, you know, volunteerism, uh, you know, Peace Corps kind of opportunities. So, but uh, to have achieved that level of success uh, in in career outcomes, I think just speaks to the work that that team does to help support the student athletes outside of their competitions. So, Adam, I'm particularly interested in the protein performance center that you have as part of this initiative because. As soon as I heard Protein Performance Center and I got to watch a five-minute YouTube video on how you make protein shakes for your student-athletes, I'm all in. So, I mean, it just goes to show to the level of detail that you go to to make this student-athlete experience so special for. So, I applaud you there. Yeah, thank you. This is a a world-class team that is here, and uh, they do a phenomenal job. And you know, really, I mean, they're they're world class professionals at, at what they do, and and you know, we've been fortunate to have the support again from our donors, uh, from our fans. Obviously, uh, participating in the conference that we do, or we have a strong uh, media arrangement. So, you know, all of those revenue streams allow us to provide that kind of an opportunity for our student athletes, and then our sponsors, our supporters as well. So that particular center that you're referencing is in partnership with Jack Links. And so, you know, we're fortunate to have uh, sponsors, you know, corporate partners that uh, have also come alongside of us to help us accomplish these goals that help us uh, get to what we're trying to accomplish. So Adam, I'm going to quote some numbers that are public information because I read them off your website, right? So from what I understand, you are responsible for 160 million so budget. You already noted that out of that budget, about 35 million or so comes from ticket sales. Your annual NCA report indicates that another maybe 11 to 15 comes from your donors, and you mentioned how important that is. Well, the piece we didn't talk about is probably the biggest piece: the media rights. You know, 55 million or so coming from media rights, and. So I'm I'm just a little curious about when you think about the engagement of your donors, your alumni, you think about filling those stadiums, you think about conference realignment, conference alignment, a conference uh, associations, you think about what ESPNs and uh, the other media rights are, are thinking about with regards to their contracts. I, I got to believe that there's a lot of time spent around uh, that $55 million and making sure that we understand the future of it and how it plays out. So, you know, if stadiums go away and and our fans are going to start consuming uh, our viewership uh, on some digital platform, you know, what does that all look like for you guys? Is that the type of stuff you're talking about in your boardroom? So that number is actually a number that I don't 
spend a whole lot of time with uh, on an annual basis in the sense that, uh, you know, that number is a, a number that, you know, we have a great conference office that is working with our media partners between the conference office and the, the ADs and presidents and chancellors. But really, you know, the conference office is largely driving uh, that revenue stream for us. And so, you know, yes, it's very important. And we have conversations with, you know, I know the ADs have conversations about that. I know the presidents and chancellors have conversations about that. We as the athletics CFOs have conversations about what we can expect uh, and what those projections look like so that we can uh, include them uh, kind of as as core assumptions, uh, both, you know, in our current budgets, but also as we project forward. But, you know, largely, you know, at the institution level, that's that's not necessarily a number that uh, we have, you know, very few of our 400 employees uh, have an influence over kind of what that media number is going to do over time. And so, you know, we really focus uh, more even more on the numbers that that, you know, we have uh, control and impact over. So those are really important to us. Uh, you know, it is a big number and uh, we're very fortunate to be part of uh, a terrific conference that that has the kind of relationships and media partnerships that we do. And we, we look forward to that uh, revenue line continuing uh, to provide the level of support that it does. As Big Ten fans, so do we. So uh, well, we certainly want to see that continue to happen. Uh, so, so Adam, let's dive a little bit deeper. I'm curious about the data that you're using. We mentioned a bunch of numbers. You know, what type of spreadsheets are you using? What type of technology helps you kind of engage with these numbers? How often are you looking at it? What the trends are telling you? So our listeners are really interested in how to maximize data to help them make good decisions. And I get the feeling your department does it very well. So what type of information and hints and suggestions could you give to our listeners? Sure. So our department uh, right now, so, you know, we have our campus has its own uh, accounting system. Uh, We basically have built a a shadow system over the top of that to help us uh, report and get the kind of information that we need. So we're using uh, Axiom, which is a Centellus product to help us get our financial reporting uh, in a in a format that we can actually provide some actionable data out of. It also allows us to do our our NCAA and, and EADA reporting on an annual basis as well. So uh, that uh, and and we can we can budget using that tool and we can forecast in that tool. So that is is largely the tool that we use uh, on a daily basis to see where we're at, if you will. Beyond that, we have all kinds of data coming in. We are very similar to many other, you know, Power Five athletic departments that uh, have outsourced uh, a lot of various functions to partners. So whether that be, you know, Pacquiolan or Learfield, we're working with uh, many of those uh, kinds of partners, uh, legends on various projects, various aspects of of what we do here. So, and each of them have you know data and analytics in their own formats and in their own frameworks. I think the the challenge and one of the opportunities that we're looking at right now is how do we bring in the data from some of these separate systems and leverage that to improve you know data that. You know, whether that be uh, we can provide insights back to some of these partners that uh, it doesn't reside in their own data to help them make more money, which will in turn make us more money. Or uh, how do we 
uh, use some of this information to help us reach our fans and donors in a, in a way that allows us to uh, continue to support the, the revenue streams that uh, are really important to supporting our program. And so that's something that we're really taking a hard look at right now is between all these different systems, how do we pull that together and how do we leverage that in a way that ultimately creates opportunity to, to grow our revenue streams and, and continue to support uh, the opportunities that are uh, that we're committed to providing. That's an excellent point because many of our clients struggle with the same uh, situation, really trying to break down the silos in the different reporting areas, the different departments, so they could really take a holistic look at what's really happening versus making decisions just on two or three or even one variable that maybe not tell the to total story. So excellent point. So yes, everyone's trying to get there as fast as they can. They just need a really big budget to pay for all the technology upgrades that they need. Yes, we get that. <laughs> yeah, it is an investment too, right? I mean, um, you know, sometimes we have to invest in certain things in order to position us to uh, ultimately get the, the return whether that be financial or otherwise, that we're looking for. Yeah, I think piggybacking off of, you know, using data to get information that, that means something. So I've been following along with name, image, and likeness, as I'm sure many athletic departments are. And just curious what you're seeing so far. You had mentioned some of the, the revenue streams and obviously donations being a, a significant portion. But I'm curious if you've seen any changes sort of in donations since NIL went live, thinking more of, oh, there might be some donors who historically or perhaps would have donated directly to the university, but now are perhaps reaching out directly to student athletes to find direct opportunities where they can help them, as opposed to perhaps donating sort of a similar sum of money directly to the university. Yeah, so far on the, the donor side, I don't think that we've seen much of an impact. Here in the state of Wisconsin, we do not have any state law uh, governing NIL. So uh, we have uh, basically a temporary policy in place guiding how we here approach it based on our understanding, interpretation of kind of the, the, the guidance that the NCAA has provided. You know, I think that that was a wonder of uh, probably more on the corporate sponsor side than than the donor side. Uh, so, you know, that's really the, the business that Learfield uh, is engaged in um, here at Wisconsin. And so, you know, we wondered, might a corporate partner shift a portion of their budget uh, in a way that diverted some funds that maybe used to come to us to a student athlete? Uh, so far, we haven't necessarily seen that, but you know, it's, it's really young. Uh, and I think that that's certainly possible that it could go that way at, or, you know, it, there could be circumstances that go that way. You know, it, it's, it's hard to, to make any kind of early conclusions, but I think early returns are that probably isn't going to have too great of an impact on our financials, at least initially. So, you know, there are certainly uh, plenty of other kind of uncertainties in the landscape right now that could have financial impacts on us. And, you know, as they continue to come, we, we continue to evaluate them and, and think through, you know, what, sort of impact uh, each might have on us. And it, you know, it, it seems like every week there's there's something new that kind of hits that ledger. So, but on the NIL front, I think uh, so far from an institutional perspective, you know, we're uh, happy that athletes have the opportunity to seek this kind of compensation uh, from NIL. 
and uh, are, we're very supportive of it. And and to date, it hasn't impacted our uh, financials yet. So, Adam, it's interesting how you you mentioned things are moving uh, faster than we ever anticipated. So we had the National Labor Relations Board issue a, I'll call it a, an opinion slash white paper on you know student athletes being treated as employees. And then we had a bill posed to tax, I guess I call it NIL payments to the student athletes as taxable income, or at least uh, the portion of their scholarships to be posed as taxable income. So what I am curious about with regards to the NIL is your department's responsibility around the tracking of that. Do you have a responsibility on tracking the contractual relationships that the student athletes are entering into? So we've partnered with Open Doors as our NIL platform. It's, uh, our program is called UW, and you know there are a couple kind of core tenants of that that both provides education. So that's you know something that we're obviously focused on um, is helping educate our student athletes on on what they can do and and what is not permissible things that would jeopardize their eligibility to participate so you know that program does that with open doors we ask our athletes to record and and help us understand the kind of deals that they have made and it, it is not a requirement but we strongly encourage and suggest it and and so you know that helps us understand uh, both from a compliance perspective to ensure that athletes are in compliance, but also to understand kind of just generically, how can we support our student athletes uh, in this new world? Uh, If we can see uh, the kinds of things that they're engaging in, it helps us understand, uh, you know, various education or or different things that is helpful for us to kind of help provide continuing insights uh, to them on, on, you know, what's working, maybe what's not working, things like that. So there's some of that that's embedded in that data as well. So I'm curious, with with that being said, there's some early indications that there's a lot of, I'll call it surprising or interesting feedback with regards to the contracts that have been signed by student-athletes, maybe contrary to what most people would think, that it's just power five schools, it's just major programs like football and basketball, we're seeing a lot more diversity across different size schools and different programs. Are you seeing similar at Wisconsin? Are you seeing a, a wide variety of different things that you said, boy, I was, I, that is surprising how that lacrosse player is nailing it with regards to their social media platform. And they got that really nice contract. Yeah, that's interesting. Sure. Yeah, uh, this is not an area that I uh, spend a whole lot of time with personally, but our team that uh, that's working on this, you know, they have said that this is an area that a great number of our student athletes across all sports uh, have found the ability to participate in uh, and uh, have have been able to transact some deals. So, you know, I think the the deal sizes, uh, you know, we've seen a wide range of kind of deal sizes across the country, you know, and, you know, I think that by and large, uh, you know, they're modest opportunities for the student athletes, but, but that's great. And, and I'm sure that there, you know, there's obviously some that uh, provide you know greater uh, return than some others, but one thing that uh, that our team that uh, is working on this every day is saying is that it is something that male sports, female sports, across all sports, um, we're we're finding similar kind of success, if you will, uh, similar opportunities across uh, our entire student athlete population. 
Adam, this has been a very insightful conversation. I love the, the fact that we dove into the customer relationship aspect of, of the role. I think that is a unique perspective that we haven't heard yet from many people in your position. So I think that'll be very interesting. We kind of scratched the surface on a lot of different areas, but I think very important areas. So Kaylin, any closing uh, questions that well, before we lose Adam, what you might have for him? I don't think I have anything at this point. You got my head spinning with the, the name, image, and likeness stuff there at the end. And Adam, any closing comments for us? Anything that maybe we didn't touch on do you think is important that we want to get across with regards to your program and your department and you know the value that you bring to the overall university and the work that you do every day? Yeah, you know, I, I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what a great team that we have here from the business office team that I, I'm fortunate to lead. It's working on all the, the data and uh, financials that we talked about to, you know, all the different departments here. We have a great relationship with our, our central campus. And, uh, you know, that that is when that relationship works well, you know, that that's great for the entire university. And, and I think that's where we are right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to work with fantastic people here and I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about it. Uh, we appreciate uh, you being here today, and I know our listeners do as well. Uh, we get to uh, consume Wisconsin University every Saturday afternoon, and we love that. We, But I don't think many of our fans that are watching the games really understand the, the amount of effort and the team effort behind the scenes that make all that happen. So to be able to give them a, a perspective of behind the scenes and how the the university really runs to get successful for game day, I think is important. So thank you. And certainly want to thank our listeners as well, because without their participation, you know, none of this happens. Thank you for joining us today. To receive notification when new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly US wherever you get your podcasts.